Hey guys, this is Angel Donovan, your host of Dating Sex Relationships. And this is the show where we look for the truth of dating, sex, and relationships by exploring every aspect and area available in today's world, leaving no stone uncovered. We have psychologists, therapists, neuroscientists, pickup artists, porn stars, trippers, and on and on. People with experience, people who have done the research, and we're always looking for practical actions we can take to improve this area of our lives. Today we're looking at a question that many of you have probably asked yourself because you are often told that you need to become the most attractive version of yourself. How do you do that? How do you become the most attractive version of yourself and what is it? So we're going to be exploring how to develop yourself today, what the journey is like, what you should expect on it and different ways to go about it, different ways to get started, practical tips there, lots of practical ideas in this episode and we're also going to be breaking down some of your limiting beliefs or false ideas about what the truth of becoming your attractive self actually is. So I expect some of what we discussed today, at first you may try to resist it, you may not be okay with it, but that's okay, that's part of the journey. Feeling uncomfortable with new ideas is definitely unavoidable in this journey, so keep an open mind as usual. Today's guest is Steve Maeda. He was formerly known as El Topo, that was his uh, pickup artist name. If you remember back in Ross Jeffrey's interview, he highly recommended Steve as a good person to get solid advice from. So whenever a guest points out someone that we haven't had on the show that they really respect, now of course I reach out to them and get them on the show, and this is a great interview, I'm sure you'll get a lot out of it, and it's a little bit different to some others we've had. So Steve has spent a lot of time with other pickup artists and in the pickup artist community. So he used to hang around with people like John Sin and Captain Jack, names that you'll probably know. Um, so he spent a lot of time in that area for guys who are familiar with pickup artistry. But then he took a new path and his journey really changed. So he started more from the mystery method style of pickup artistry and he moved on more to developing himself as a sexual man and teaching this to other men. So Steve has been doing this now for many years, and so is a great person to talk about around this subject. And if this topic is of interest to you, you'll also want to check out some of our previous interviews, which look at the same subject. One in particular to look up would be that of Jack Donovan, where we got a lot into men's groups and things like that, which we discuss in today's episode. Steve also actually works with Venusian Arts, so that's one of Eric von Markovic's mysteries companies today. So he still has his foot in the pickup artist industry, but he's trying to bring more of this develop yourself as a sexual man into it. To get all the show notes with the references to everything we mentioned in today's show and the transcript of the interview, go to datingskillsreview.com forward slash newsletter, pop your email in there and you'll get it all in the show notes right in your email inbox every time a show comes out. Now let's get into this interview. I'm Angel Donovan, and this is the Dating Skills Podcast. This is a 14-year ongoing mission to discover the truth about what works in dating, sex, and relationships, to become a better man. Join me as I leave no stone unturned chase down every expert, role model, and mentor with insights to get us to that goal as fast as possible. This show is about bringing you the best of that information so that you can take it in and change your life for the better, step by step, episode by episode. Steve, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It is my pleasure, man. It's actually an honor. You have a 
pretty known show out there. So very cool to be on it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, well, so let's learn a little bit about you. I'd love to get to know our guests and, you know, of course, the audience does a bit like, how old are you? Where are you living? What is your lifestyle like today? Oh, man, it's totally <laughs> plain and normal and bland. If you could imagine you a enjoying? gray palette. No, just, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm 37 and uh, actually I'll be 38 in a month. Crazy. Can't believe it. I'm from California and my family's from Hawaii and I actually grew up in California and Hawaii as well. And then I live in Texas and I've lived in Texas for the past 10 years. Uh, I lived in Dallas, Fort Worth for a long time. That's where like a lot of the early pickup stuff came about. And I've been in Austin for the past, I guess, five, maybe six years. What my life is like now, like I have a family and all those sorts of things I teach nonstop. In fact, right after, I mean, my life is basically coaching and my family and that is it. And it's just, it's so cool because we were talking a little bit before this interview had started, but with my involvement with the 21 convention and stuff, there's so much that happens that is to achieve like the total man, not just women and sex, which is a pretty awesome part of it, but to be in shape and to focus properly and to do all these different cool things. Like you were talking about the diet that you had just done or the fasting that you had just done. All that sort of stuff is what men naturally fall into. And that's pretty much my life. I mean, that's what I work with guys on constantly. Right after this call, I'll be doing that. It was a set of context. Do you work more broadly these days? And it's not just about the dating or is dating the main driver? That's a good question. And this is something that was a big struggle. I mean, this was so apparent. I don't know when you found this out, but clearly you've discovered it. But anytime guys get together and whatever it is, and if it's to talk about women or sex or anything like that, they branch off into these other things. There's like entrepreneurship, fitness. Those are like the big ones purpose, meaning all these things become big issues. And so any men's group is naturally going to turn into that, whatever the motive is in the beginning. However, like way back when, you know, like 2008, 2000, before then, man, uh, you know, clients were clearly moving in these different directions. And it was like, this isn't just about dating. This is about the total man. But here's the thing. I had always such an emphasis on sex, always such an emphasis on like customization and being able to do things in an authentic way. And I know that's like a kitsch word, but literally, I mean, like I got sued over it in 2007 from... Uh, you got sued? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's crazy. For saying stuff. <laughs> well, so I had a customized routine stack. So guys would email me. They'd email me about their lives. They'd write like these huge essays about their lives. And I would say, well, what do you want to learn? And it got so detailed that like my buddy, Scott, he's the owner of a jujitsu company. He actually got me into jujitsu and all that stuff. But he was like, man, I want to start dating the ring girls in the UFC. Write me something for that. Here's the information that I have. Here's the information that I have for me. And so I wrote those things. Well, at the time I was doing contracting for Mystery Method, which that was when Savoy owned it and or whatever, you know, he basically burned mystery on it. And uh, so they got in their big lawsuit and then he had sued me. Um, oh, you got caught up in that? Yeah, well, a separate lawsuit, but yeah. Yeah, I know, I know quite a few people who got caught up and in man, that. And man, it was awesome too, because quite a few people got- This is, this is pickup artist industry history. Like, it was like 2004, this, this right? Great. I had no clue. I had no clue, like, what to do, right? I hadn't been sued. I don't know anything about it. Right, right. And so I get a lawyer, they kind of suck. And then I got another lawyer <laughs> and they, that first, if you do not get a good lawyer, 
like you're going to end up selling everything to get another lawyer. So that's what's happened in any legal matter that happened. Oh, that did happen? Ouch. Well, yeah. So basically I got another lawyer and she was great. And then a few other people actually contacted me. This is so funny, man. A few people contacted me saying, hey, I know you got sued by Savoy's team. I'm getting sued now too. Or he gave me this and it looks like it might be turning into that. And so it's like, hey, here's my lawyers. So what ended up happening is my lawsuit was had so much crap around it from the first lawyer that there's a lot of shit that I was tied up in. But it ended up all working out fine. But these other guys who hired my attorney team, man, this is awesome. They just fucking fucked with them because whoever he or she had a lot of experience with the case by then yeah because they knew what they were going to yeah. do they knew exactly what all the, all the things to avoid and yeah 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 and it was just great and they ended up taking this case all the way to some like federal level or something like that and got thrown out and they lost a bunch of money and right i heard it just ended like basically both sides just went their own ways and nothing came of it right yeah 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 well i mean there was there's a lot of stress it was legal fees as well. Yeah. Oh, man. And that's the thing is like you lose like as cool as it may Always. sound to get the edge or whatever. You never win. <laughs> like get out of the courtroom as quick as possible. That's actually the best. And especially you were just saying like the stress of having a legal case hanging over you for like two years or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it? Well, I mean, mine yeah. was different, but yeah, right. mine lasted a long time. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. All right. Well, <laughs> glad, glad to hear that that all died a long time ago. There's been some drama. Um, in that that particular community. So you mentioned you're a family man. I understand you you had your first baby just recently. Well, I actually have two kids from a prior relationship and that's actually a whole nother story. It did not end up good. There's a lot of shit around that that is totally screwed up. And I think that what I was saying about like the total man and all this sort of stuff, man, like sex is great. You should be having a good sex life. If you're not having a good sex life, have it. If you have the desire to go out and meet as many women as possible and have sex in as many ways, there's nothing wrong with that. If you do that, you can live well. The problem is, is so many people in this industry are saying that in order to do that, you have to do the secret stuff or you have to be somebody else. No, man, you can absolutely 100%. If you're 40, 50, if you're 25, whatever it is, you can have a great sex life with all the things that you want if you are willing to be yourself and work to be that. Now, when I started out in this industry in 2005, I was like a new dad. It was, man, it was crazy. I didn't know what was what. I had no advice. And literally, when I got involved in pickup, I was good at it. Like I was good at doing crazy stuff. No problem with that. And I was very, very sexually aggressive. I didn't realize back then in 2005, a lot of guys weren't actually really getting laid or wanting to be that sexually like nuts, right? I did. You know, and I watched like Julian stuff. <laughs> you, you actually just said you did Julian stuff? <laughs> no, no, no. When I watched Julian stuff. Oh, right. Uh, okay. So we're talking about Julian LeBlanc, Blanc. right? LeBlanc. Yeah, yeah. To me, I think it's ridiculous and immature and a major company may... It's up to them. I know Owen and he's a good friend of mine from RSD, uh, Tyler. But basically, I, th I thought that it was kind of like an immature thing to have that shit out there. But man, I did worse. Every frat boy or whatever, or every kid that's trying to sow his oats that has a little bit of power with women is going to do some really stupid shit. And you have to allow yourself to come out of that. But see, the problem with the industry was, especially for me, is I didn't realize it. And so here I was like getting a lot of women and getting laid a lot and making that the main focus of my life to have sex with as many people as possible. 
And how you turn that into like a lifestyle or anything like that, pretty much everybody was lying about. When you say people were lying about it, were, were they lying about their satisfaction, their happiness, what they were actually doing in their lifestyle? What were they lying about? So most of the guys like weren't getting laid. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of those guys just on forums or even like coming out sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember when at one of the first conventions I attended or spoke at was in 2007 I'm looking at these dudes, like you're looking at all of them and you're like, wow, you know, these guys are also fucking railing all these chicks and having these experiences that I'm having. And now in retrospect, after having known them, they just weren't and whatever, that's fine. I mean, it's a little bit fraudulent or whatever in teaching, but the thing was, is what I really needed was some clarity on sex, on all the problems that came with it, all the problems with the relationships and women and all that sort of stuff. The answer basically was like, get laid more, do more cool stuff. Like, no, if you do this, like it's awesome and it's fun. And it was, but then after everybody was gone, it wasn't fun. So where I actually went to, just because I was a very sexually driven person, I had made friends with some people in the porn industry and I actually started talking to them and I remember, I remember there's this guy, the California pimp, he runs Net Video Girls and like, it's like this kind of casting couch thing. He actually asked me to take it over, but, um, which I was thinking about, but I'm kind of glad I declined. He, he actually talked me out of it in a way. He was like, dude, just imagine for the rest of your life, you're gonna have people following you around saying all this stuff or whatever. But he said, he's like, man, Steve, everybody in your industry like hates women. And I hated women too. And it turned into this, but I think it's a good thing. Like I do pornography and this is what I do in my sex life turned into this. And I was really angry at my mom. She was super abusive. My grandparents raised me and everything was fucked up. And I was in and out of orphanages. And basically I ended up in the porn industry and it was real easy to get involved in a lot of hate and anger there. And it forced me to look at myself and that's just what I see here, but on a smaller level. And it really made me think about what was happening. And so at that time in like 2008 or so, I was having so much sex, but I wasn't having satisfaction from it. I thought I had never liked sex because for two years, basically, or two and a half years or so, I'd done everything that I'd wanted to do, but I wasn't actually happy. So what were you, were you looking for new challenges and, or new stuff at the time? How were you approaching that? Oh man, I needed to stop. <laughs> I needed to chill the fuck <laughs> out. Like, so, I mean, like, so my sex drive was super high. Have you had, just out of interest, have you had your testosterone tested? Uh, yeah, which is lower now. <laughs> okay. But, uh, Do you know what roughly range it is? Because we've talked about this before. The last time I tested it was like 500 something. Okay, that's okay. All right. Yeah, it's just... okay for like a 50 year old, but I'm like <laughs> seven, so. Right. So, but the thing is, is that I was nuts. And this was another issue that I had too, man. I could talk a lot about this. So the next big venture that I'll probably talk about a lot is addiction and into drugs and sex because it seems to be a hot topic and everybody that goes on and on about it pisses me off or they say things which are not uh, necessarily true. And I have a lot of experience with those. I mean, before any seduction stuff, I had a major, major drug problem that, I mean, I died of an overdose when I was 17 and all this sort of stuff. And so is the point you're making there that you'd kind of got addicted to the pickup thing, the, the having more sex partners? And well, I guess more, more sex based. And the thing was is at the time is I could always get hard in any situation. I could always perform and I would talk to guys and I would be like, man, that's actually a curse because you'll be having sex with people you don't want to have sex with or a girl. You build this lifestyle where there's a lot of women around it. 
and they want to have sex and they might be going through their own shit or maybe they have a fucking weird problem and they want to fuck you or you're breaking up with somebody and you shouldn't be around them and it is like a bad relationship and then you guys start having sex again and it do you think it was a pure biological high libido or was there some ego in that as well Oh, total ego. So, I mean, it's like a perfect mix. So one of my friends that I'm, I'm really good friends with now that I talk to a lot about this stuff is Eric Everhard. And he's actually just, he is just moving to Budapest and leaving the U S for good. Basically he is much more than I, I mean, it's like that guy is on a different level, but it's a high sex drive an ability to perform mixed with this other perfect storm of emotional shit where you're trying to compensate or compromise for different parts of your life. And so that's where I was at right now. If I didn't have those physical attributes, it would come out somewhere else. So what percentage of your life would you have said that pick up and having sex and, you know, chasing women actually in general was of your life at that time? What percentage of it was it that 80%? Yeah. Cause I can relate totally. Yeah. I went through a dark patch and I went down a tunnel too. And it had to get really bad before I woke up and said, this feels like it's 70, 80% of my life and my career's getting worse rather than better. And well, I had the cool option of having this as a career. I was getting, I was still succeeding financially and all that sort of stuff. You know, well, right. That's actually a complicated situation there. It makes yeah, it more yeah. complicated. Yeah. And plus I kind of became known for like really graphic lay reports. Like that's why I say when you hear from the Julian Blanc guy, you know, all this stuff like, dude, I would be if, if there were video cameras. I mean, there were then. But if it was as easy as it is now, I mean, man, I would just be nuts. So just for listeners, your name used to be El Topo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, uh -huh. where were you posting way, way back? Oh, well, I was posting on the Mystery Method forums. But uh, was that the one that came when they mystery said this is now a commercial forum? Yeah. So it was the, the one with the company. Now those posts would be under Love Systems forums. They basically like, I mean, they banned me a long time ago, but you can still find them there. <laughs> cool. I guess that came with the lawsuit. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Potentially. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was just interested, where did El Topo come from? What was the story behind that name? It's a cool movie. It's a cool story of how it came about. Basically, you know, I didn't care. Like, I didn't know when I logged into a form, I didn't realize this was going to be something that I'd be known for ever. Right. It was just you picked a handle. Right. You picked some sort of nickname. And I typed in one that my friends used to call me when I was a kid, which was Magoda. And for some reason, that didn't show up like they I couldn't use it. And then I was always into movies and I was always into like kind of crazy and bizarre movies. So I, the first one I typed in when I was registering of a movie was a movie called Solo, which was at the time out of print in the US. Uh, it's a pretty fucked up movie. It deals with like all this torture shit. And it's it, there's like the director who made it is actually a pretty brilliant director, but he got killed the day uh, that it was released. It was, uh, so it's a pretty intense movie. And at the time, it was... Out you got murdered because of the film, or is it a random... No, uh, you got murdered picking up a boy hooker, and the movie actually has to do with a lot of fucked up stuff like that. It's based off of a Marquis de Sade book, and um, basically put in fascist Italy, and it's a totally brutal, fucked up movie. But it's, it's like revered critic people, like Martin Scorsese says that he shoots on location because of Pasolini, and that's the director's name and all sort of stuff. But, I mean, he's... Solo is a really known movie, but it totally fucked up. And then I was like, I don't want to use this as my handle. 
it's a crazy, bizarre movie, but it's, it's just too fucked up. It's like too brutal. So I'll go with this other movie, El Topo. And El Topo is a movie that was made by a guy named Alejandro Jodorowsky, who basically made movies in Mexico. And they're totally bizarre. In fact, uh, John Lennon's favorite movie was El Topo. And then they funded his next movie, The Holy Mountain. So anybody that's done like a lot of acid or some crazy hallucinogenic drug, like it would be enormously enhanced while watching El Topo or The Holy Mountain. And so Hodorowsky's movies were just like these crazy, bizarre things with there's all sorts of sex and surreal shit, midgets and bugs and death and all sorts of awesome, amazing things. But uh, so I picked that and then everybody wondered why. <laughs> Assumed you were you know, Hispanic. Yeah. In that movie, actually, at the time was out of print in the U.S. Currently, you can get it very easily in the U.S. And same with Solo. But yeah, El Topo is is it. That's how it came about. Cool. Cool. I had a Spanish name, too. I was El Angel Caído. Nice. Fallen Angel. Okay. So I did want to get in discussion of the men's stuff. There was a kind of a few tangents of it I was looking at. First of all, we hear we should be the best version of ourselves all the time, right? What does that mean? What the hell does that mean? For me, absolutely. It means like no matter where you're at, you need to be you. Uh, the best times of my life were perhaps sometimes were, were, they were the worst times. I mean, man, I've had so many ups and downs in my life. Like I said, uh, I'm a family. I have a family now. And actually, Maria is pregnant again. So we're going to have two babies. But I had lost custody of my kids before. That was like one of the worst days of my life. It was just fucking horrible, man. Just so shitty. But at that time, you're so panicked and don't know what to do when like the hammer drops on that stuff that you don't know what to do. And how do you be yourself in that moment? Man, I'll tell you this. Like, that's a very sad and horrible situation that happened and, uh, you know, work its way through the solution. But in that moment, I think of that day a lot. Well, when people ask me about how I believe in what I believe in and stuff like that is because what did I do that day? I didn't know what to do. So I reached out. I talked to people. I talked to people that I knew I could trust and care about. I went and was of service to people. I mean, that night that it happened, my buddy actually, uh, Jerome, picked me up and we went and did service work at a uh, rehab facility and worked with some people. And man, it was, it was just shitty. And there were weeks and weeks and after that. And all you can do during that time is suit up and show up with who you are and with your emotions and be able to be honest about them. And the problem is, is like people will talk to me and they'll say, Steve, I dumped this girl and fucked a girl right away. That's not that authentic. And I'm like, what do you mean? If that's what you wanted to do, if that's who you were, that is your authenticity. You need to see the truth within it and you need to be able to inventory yourself with it. You need to be able to look at who you are and why you're doing that. I'm not putting moral judgment in this. I'm putting more like self analysis and awareness. Judgment is some other thing that's happening. You know, that's for the courts and gossip people and other people to decide. But when, when it comes to looking at who you are, how you can be who you are, needs to be truly of self and what you're feeling. It's not an image. It's not what other people say. It's how you can do things in the best possible way. And like I said, in the example for myself, I didn't know what the fuck to do. So what I did was I trusted in other people and I did it. And I owned whatever actions I had 
based on that. So if I didn't know what to do and I asked my buddy Dave, if I asked my buddy whoever to Jim to, to help me out and I take action on that, that's mine to be responsible of myself. That's how I would say you become the best version of yourself. You are the person that defines that and you are the person that lives that. And if you can't do that as a man, any sort of happiness or any sort of result is a fucking facade. It sounds like self-acceptance, acceptance of what you're doing. Is that part of it? I mean, self-acceptance is part of it, but self-acceptance is actually acceptance on things that have happened or are happening. And when it comes to expression, that's different. So expression is what you put out. Okay, acceptance is what you use to assess. And so in order to have a proper expression of what I put out, what I share with the world, what I say, the steps I take forward, the actions that I take, yeah, I have to be willing to accept those things. I have to be willing to own those things. I have to be willing for all of that. But it has to come from a pure place of me. And if there's fear, if there's doubt, if there's any of that stuff that is ruling my decisions, if there's emotions that haven't come out, then I need to get to know them. Like if, if I'm having sex with people and fucking like crazy and it's awesome and everybody says it's awesome, like fucking tens, fucking eights, whatever it is, getting all these crazy positions, going on adventures, having women travel around the world to see me or me travel around the world to see them. If I have all of that, that's great. But if it's not fulfilling to me, then it becomes quite confusing on what the answer might be. What is the answer that I'm looking for? What is it that is going to make me happy? And so I have to look, why do I want love? Why do I want, what is the benefit of this? Even the desires, and this is one thing that I would recommend to guys who are really into pickup. It's like, what are you chasing when you're posting stuff online? I try and get attention from people and do stuff like that. And like, I like it. I like it when people give me attention. But what is, what is fulfilling me in that? And what of that is my true nature and my expression? And what of that is me chasing this fucking ridiculous idea of approval because I didn't get it from somewhere else. So expression, a little bit different than self-acceptance, but self-acceptance is a massive, massive part of the whole equation of self-betterment. Right. It's pretty tricky stuff for guys to work their head through, I can imagine. Is this similar? Have you taught similar stuff in this, in your men's groups and in your programs, just like this stuff? The way our men's groups work is basically online international community. We meet 15 to 20 hours a week on calls and talk about a bunch of shit. Usually with socializing and sex being the main fundamental part of it, but it turns into everything. So, so when it comes to this topic, where do people get stuck in understanding it? Or like what really practical examples can they relate to? Or maybe they bring up where they struggle with this. Yeah. Okay. So experience, that's a huge thing is where you're going to get stuck. Any turning point is where you're going to get stuck. Okay. And so that could be like, there was a guy who had one itis for a girl. He had one itis for some chick who was all wrapped up in her. He actually had sex with her, but it wasn't enough. And he wanted to get more, didn't know why she was rejecting him. And then all of a sudden he then somehow, you know, how this works. It's like when you're getting, when you're active with your sexuality, more people notice about it. And this girl, this guy's young, he's like 21 or something. And this girl who's in her thirties starts picking up on him and she basically seduces him. And he's like, man, I wasn't into it. I couldn't get it up. And so it's a big thing that comes to our groups. And then everybody gets like all fucking in our groups. This is a, a topic that gets talked about a lot. And I think addressed very well, but basically he couldn't get it up. And it was like, Hey, that's fine. And we were all talking as men as like, look, when that happens, it sucks. You feel like shit. Like you, you're never going to feel good when you're like in the sexual mode and you can't get it up and sexually perform. 
that you're not going to get around that. You'll, you will feel like fucking like inadequate on some degree. And then you, you will want to find another outlet to have sex as quick as possible. Right. To recover from it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Right. Revalidate myself. But the thing is, is you can't get in the drama about it and what you need, like one of the big things with TSL, that's the sexual life or the sexual life is the company I founded. We often go by TSL is that we say, we want to get back to normalization. Like how do we make sex normal? So you can be fucking like crazy or fucking in monogamy or fucking very little. And it's healthy as long as it's normal, as long as it's brought back to not an exaggeration, not an exaggerated expression that you're putting out there with. And so we talked with them a lot about basically like, man, take the orgasm out of it, take the hard dick out of it. And don't just make it about eating her pussy and pleasing her or whatever. But if you're having problems getting it up or sexually performing, first off, that's very easy to happen. This is one thing I'll tell you about pickup dudes. Every gangbang I was involved in, everything where I was accessing a lot of my friends in the porno industry or whatever, all those guys I'd interviewed, I'd bring in all these pickup dudes or gurus or guys making products. None of those guys could get it up. And it was the funniest fucking thing. Why? Because there was no empathy. There was no exchange. The girls were just there to fuck. It wasn't to get to know them. It wasn't about ego. So it's very easy. If one thing's a little bit off sexually that you're not feeling that connection, it's very easy to not be able to perform. And so I was telling this guy, I was like, dude, just, just relax, man. Be naked with her. Talk with her. If you want something to say, say like the first couple of times with somebody new, uh, you know, I need to get to know them a little bit better. But to be honest, you need to be sitting there. Your body will take over. I mean, this guy is young. He can sexually perform. We always say is like, if you can get it up to any situation, whether that's porn or another girl, then that's not the biology isn't the problem. The physiology is the problem. Psychology. Yeah. So basically the funny thing is, is that then he went back to the girl, did the deal and then ended up being able to perform sleep with her, all that sort of stuff. But the funny thing is, is he comes right back on another call. And we have just tons of calls. Like it's almost every day of the week. We're, we're going to have one actually two hours after I'm done with this uh, interview. But basically he, he goes, he goes, man, I just liked her for sex and I don't, I'm not attracted to her really in any way. And we're like, dude, maybe that's one of the reasons why you couldn't get it up. Like you, there was something that you didn't feel right about it. it but he's like, no, but that's wrong. I should like her for all of who she is. And isn't that the right guy thing to do, authentic thing to do? And it's like, no, man, if your sex drive has to do with women's hot bodies, that's fine. Now, the thing is, of course, the whole human experience is so much deeper than just a hot body. Or if you make your sex life just about a woman's hot body, you'll clearly be unhappy. You will not find fulfillment. Man, a hot body or her whatever, whatever you find attractive about her is very important. And the fact that you don't have it and you wanted to have some relationship with her and she wanted to have some relationship with you and you didn't feel it, man, that's life. That's where you need to start to man up and be able to say like, hey, look, this isn't working out. I don't like it. And man, don't be like me. You know, for me, like I did that for years was I was like, no, I got to keep fucking. I got to keep fucking. I got to keep having sex. I'm going to do this. I want to discover this and that, which is cool because I found out a lot of great information about human beings and sex and gained a lot of experience. But at the expense of basically compromising who I was to get that, that's a common problem that will come up like sexual performance or where they're at with sex and relationships. Uh, man, I was talking to a guy who was a dating coach. And this is the thing is dating coaches never talk to one another and or never talk about their issues. 
But he was saying, man, this was nuts, but I'm sure you've been here yourself, is that he was dating a girl and she lived in his town and they had met and they connected. It was awesome. And basically she went overseas to do some humanitarian work for a little bit. And she was like, hey, I'm going to be a little bit longer. I'm not going to be back in five weeks or whatever it is. I'm going to be back in like two months and maybe you can come with me. And he was like, wait a minute. This is pulling my fucking problems. This is dealing with this. Da, 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 da. We, you know, we're in love, but we're not. And he starts talking to me about this and he goes, he goes, man, we're in love, but it's coming out in all these weird ways. And I was telling him, I was like, look, dude, here's what I know about love. I love falling in love. I love feeling love with women. I can feel it. It, you know, if I have sex with women, I can feel love. It's like, that's what happens. Or when you start to live that language, and especially if other people haven't spoken that language that much, you got a pretty big advantage. And I was like, you know what I learned though about real love is that it doesn't have drama to sustain it. It doesn't have panic and fear and insecurities and trying to measure it and build the scale of equality around it. Well, she's doing this and I'm doing that. And so it must be right. It doesn't do that. It doesn't speak a language of like this logical mind map out shit and then this emotional chaos. It makes me know who I am. It makes me feel free. It makes me appreciate other people. And what I had to learn to do was that when I felt that on a sexual level or an emotional level, but it wasn't working out the rest of my life, I had to learn to be able to speak about it. So that was really hard. So what we learned basically with TSL and how we run our groups is that you can say that to a guy. And he's not going to get it until he experiences it. And then when he experiences it, he's going to have to come back to the group and say it again and process it. And so there's this huge thing with talking about stuff and basically experiencing stuff. The point you bring up on love is, I think it's a really, really big one, actually, because I think a lot of guys think they've been in love when it's been insecurity, drama. It's kind of like the mix of emotions. That it's passion. It's more like the passion aspect, right? The chemistry, which can often come about through drama and or just insecurities, all of these things. And so they're all amped up emotionally. And then they start to think that that's love. And then you know, she was the one or whatever. But actually, like you, I guess, I don't think that is love at all. Like love is absolutely something different. And we've spoken a lot about love. You sound like you got your own take on it. Is there a way you can define love? Yeah, man. Look, I'll tell you when I've felt love sexually or emotionally, I would still call it love. But it's just love is it would be like saying like this heavy, massive concept like nature or life or uh, like you can't put an absolute on it. Like the human definition of it will always be flawed, in my opinion, because it comes out in so many different ways. And so like I experienced nature. Yeah, of course, when I was like fucking this chick or when I was walking in the woods or when I was doing something. But that isn't necessarily nature. So the truth can be found in the system, but the system is not the truth. Or the way that we express the truth is not the total truth. So the way we express love, love can be found in that. Or the way we experience it can be found in it. But I don't think that it's total love. I think you can feel love with everybody. Um, I think you can feel with everything. But for me to have that in a relationship with somebody, man, that means that it needs to cross every part of our life and we need to be willing to work through it. I'll tell you this right now. Um, I talk about this with one of my coaches who is a female and she's married. Um, but we always say, man, being in a relationship is one of the hardest things that that is the biggest challenge of my life. Like whatever else has been challenging, like being in a relationship is really tough because no matter how much you are in love, no matter how much your lives are in sync, the closer you get, 
the more things, some things come together and the more things conflict. And it's not about having an alpha frame or dominance or anything like that. It's about being able to balance them out. And so what I would actually call love is like the essence of humanity. We just seem to only find it in these little tiny areas. And then we think we own it or can control it or know it. When I just say, hey, fuck, man, I'm just a dude. I don't know it. I'm going to let it go its course. Like you can have your fucking thing and figure it out. I'm just going to try and experience it in the different ways and then also see how it's experienced. But man, hands down, I mean, I've been in love with like four different women at once. You could even say possibly in the same day, just because, and that should be how it is. It's just such a powerful, amazing thing. But I'll tell you this, like when I got love through sex, so I still have sex. Well, and we've been together for a You say you got love through sex. Oh, hands down. Yeah. Easy. Easy. If my dick touches a woman's pussy, <laughs> I can get months of her. Let me ask you a personal question, okay? This is something I've seen over time. Does it make a difference if you make love, have sex with a condom or naked skin in the way you feel about the women afterwards? This is the weird thing about condoms, but totally naked skin, no condom. It would feel much more intense in every single way. But the funny thing about condoms is everybody says they care about safe sex and you should, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, but every woman, every guy, guy, girl, doesn't matter. I'm not trying to divide anything here. They always say like safe sex is important. The first time you guys have sex, use a condom. Second time you have sex, use a condom. Third or fourth time, nobody actually got tested. Nobody actually like got anything done. Right. No, when you're in a relationship, it's, you know, or you classify yourself as, as together. Yeah. People are like, oh, it's okay now. Yeah. yeah I hear that so all the time. Weird. It makes no sense. Logic it makes no sense at all. People, yeah. People do it. But yeah, man. So sexually, totally, man. Like I would, for me, sex was such a beautiful thing that when I would have it. So especially like when I was like 28 or 29, I mean, I was angry. When I was 26, this girl I went out with said every night, I would have to drink myself into oblivion, have sex, and then I'd cry. And like, she just, and we were together for a while. And so, man, I mean, I was just like, but sex was this relief. It was like this one moment in time where I felt like at peace or something, like everything seemed to work. And um, so when I got involved in pickup, 28, 29, 30, when I was having all that sex, it was like, how could I feel this girl? Oh my God. And even when, still to this day, when I meet a woman, I think, wow, what is her face like when she orgasms? That's one of the first things I think about. But it's like, how could I feel her? What would it be like? What would the noises, how would I come out through her? And as I got more sexually experienced, when I got more involved in like orgies and all this shit, it basically like I would be, like there's this guy, Jason Savage, who was a seducer in Austin, who was very much like on amazing level. Like there's not too many Jason Savages around, but we would have sex with people and it would basically be like, how would this girl sound with me? And how would this girl sound with you? And we would do this like when we would have different orgies and stuff. And so you and compare notes. <laughs> well, no, I mean, we would fuck them but like there, like we'd have orgies around each other and whatever. And it would just be so interesting to see the different levels of like sex and pleasure and what came with you. And when you can when you can feel that with somebody, when you feel that moment of connection, to me, that is like the voice of love. That is like the biggest, the greatest human dynamic. And sure, there's hormones and chemicals going around in your brain, but it's like fucking insane. And it's the greatest high. But when you do that and then nothing else works after it or things are missing after it, 
that will soon build to nothing working after it. Uh, it's not a good way to live. So that's kind of like where I got to with it. But of course, man, absolutely. I could feel love through sex. And I, if I have sex with a woman, most of the time, I mean, I'm not even speaking out of ego. Anybody can do this. If you get in touch with yourself, she will remember you for hopefully the rest of her life. And so through that, if I had sex with somebody, no matter how chaotic my life would be, she'd be around for months in my life. Just because my ability to connect in that was so, I guess, pure or there or, you know, whatever you want to call it, right? What you're talking about is all fantasy that you were talking about, just being yourself. We've touched on this. I don't know if you know a guy called Lawrence Lamb. No, huh? Okay. Well, he talks a lot about, he's done a lot of sexual practices and he talks a lot about this. And uh, also he's, he's done like neuroscience, psychology. He's done pretty much everything you can think about in the area of sex in terms of yoga and stuff. So he talks about the mirror neurons and how these scientific principles are also magnified during sex, right? And so when you're actually just being yourself, you're being authentic, you establish these connections, which makes sex 10 times, 100 times, 100 times better for both of you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. Right. So it sounds like you're pretty much on, on the same page. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a scientist. I've just experienced a lot. But absolutely, whenever I read stuff like that, it's it's just awesome. It's just funny, though, because one of the things that I think gets distorted with a lot of science is when people bring up like mirror neurons or neuropathways. A lot of the times, like people swing that into a product or a idea that that isn't the actual science. <laughs> yeah. Right. Pseudoscience. Yeah. There's pseudoscience all over the web. It's not just dating. It's everything. It's amazing. There's more pseudoscience than science out there for sure. So I was, I was thinking back to qualities to be a man, to be yourself, um, to be the best version of yourself. And there's a whole bunch of stuff people talk about, right? And I know you talk about some of these. One of the trickier ones, I think, is like people are always saying this. And they're saying this in a business world. They're saying it everywhere now. You have to have purpose, right? Do you talk about this? <laughs> totally. Absolutely, man. We have courses. So we have basically a couple different programs, but TSL online is basically how you can get into being you through a social and sexual life. And that's what we'll have. We teach, teach a true social dynamic. And I believe in social dynamics. I believe in a calculated process that you can expect things and measure things. So is that kind of like mystery method or love systems? It's like a set? No, 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 no. So it, it, everything that I teach has to be customized. So there are phenomenons that happen. So mystery method is a method saying it overrides sex. We're basically fans of sex and saying, here's what happens during sex. So when you meet somebody, people are going to be startled when they, they meet you. Right. And so how can you buffer that? How can you relax that? And what we're trying to go for in any social dynamic or sexual dynamic are two things. It's rapport or seduction. So how can I get the state of sex and really feel it and exchange it with somebody um, which can come out in all sorts of different ways. And how can I get the state of empathy or rapport? And so in meeting somebody like Mystery Method has such a highlight on building value and uh, you have to do these things and entertain people. Entertainment and, and social value are dependent upon a situation and a culture. They're not dependent upon humanity or someone's biology or physiology. But we all want to get rapport. So in order to get rapport, there might be things that you could do that are entertaining or loud or whatever. But fundamentally, you, I mean, you can get rapport within two minutes. You should to be able to connect with somebody. I mean, you can also bypass rapport and get to seduction, all this sort of stuff. So basically, without getting too wrapped up in it, what we basically teach is our social dynamics. Like, how can we say something 
like if we are going to do a tease or, I mean, all those social dynamics are functional tools, but they're not the only way. So like teasing, nagging, uh, baiting, any sort of push pull techniques, those phenomenons happen when human beings are overstimulated. So we want to use those, but how do we use those to swing directly into a rapport and how can we get it and how well we get it? And if we're not getting it, we have to take into account the situation and the person and where she's at, where he's at, all that sort of stuff. But no, man, we're, so we're pretty heavy on the social dynamic side, but at the same time, it has to be fundamentally customized and it has to produce an authentic expression, which why can't it? But that being said, actually this ties into the purpose thing. So we have another men's group and they do tie in together called TSL Life. And that is where we look at the different things, ambition, sex, not sex and like sex, sex, but your sex, your identity as a man, your identity as a woman. How do you implement that? How do you put that into expression? How do you have the verb sex with it? And then purpose and then relationships and then life. So we look at all those things over the course of a year as a group. We go through all these different exercises. So is this like exercises where you're writing stuff down, like thinking about what stuff means to you? There's every week we basically have a bunch of calls. We have some videos to go over. Homework. Yeah, but the calls, we come on and we talk. We unite as a group. So we don't speak from an authoritative perspective. So I may have created most of the material, but not all of it. But I just might host a call or somebody might host a call, but we talk freely. So we're all equals. Oh, it's like a mastermind kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of an important thing. You get a different dynamic. Authoritarian is not bad, but... It, you just get different things from that and from an open group. But uh, then the other thing is, is that we have an exercise each week. We have multiple and we don't have to do them. We can do them. But we're the main thing is, is on the calls, we talk to one another on what direction we could go in when we're examining purpose. So for purpose, for instance, purpose for us, there's two things. There's meaning. This is what everybody's selling because nobody feels like they have any meaning in our world. And the second thing is functionality. Well, let's talk about this with purpose with sex. So if we wanted to get to the fulfilling meaning of sex, we would need to, one, if we went on this, what we recommend at TSL is we go get functional first, okay? So with any sort of purpose and meaning and all the sort of stuff that we're going for, if you try and find meaning in it without functionality, you'll just be lost and keep going and you'll get addicted to all the self-help shit and whatever. What would functionality be? You have to be having sex if for purpose and sex to find the meaning in sex. Oh, so it's the, it's the experience. Yeah. You have to be having the experience. So if I want to find the purpose of my body, the purpose of my body, I need to find the function of my body. If I want to find the purpose of my mind, I need to find the function of it. This is first, before I find the meaning of a hand, I need to be able to use it. So it's like practicing. It's, it's like real world doing, taking action, experiencing stuff. There's that, but I honestly feel the meaning of life has a lot to do with me. And actually, we were just reading Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl's book in my group. He actually says something which is really kind of important, which we totally believe in. The idea of having a, and I'm paraphrasing him and you should read his book. And I, if I'm getting it wrong, I apologize. But the whole point of having a purpose in man's life is bullshit. If a man exists, he will find purpose. The problem is, is our society gets so refracted and pulled out that we don't express. And, and the more people that we have in a smaller area, the less we are able to find our expression. 
And so then our expression becomes a novelty. Our expression becomes value. It becomes being more important. It becomes having all this sort of stuff. And then in order to be a sexual man, we have to like dress up and wear stupid shit or act like embarrassing in a club in order to be a guy that's good with women. And then we say through that, we find purpose when we can't even find the functionality of life. So what is the true functionality of your life? It might be like, I would say step one is if you don't have purpose, learn how to wake up and maybe make your bed or eat something. Or I was just talking about how I don't eat breakfast, but get into your body, move it, use it, do those things. And when you can get functional with that, then the meanings will become clear and you won't need to search for that meaning. You will have, you will find it. It sounds kind of like a baby when it's experimenting. Uh, and you right now obviously will probably understand this. I have a nephew, he's like a year old, so he's just playing with everything. And yeah, every yeah. day he's learning something new. And, you know, it sounds yeah. pretty much, I think that's a good analogy for what you're talking about because we stopped doing that after a while. And I think guys get caught up. I think what you're saying here is they get caught up on what society's saying we should have, things like a purpose. We should try and figure out what we're supposed to do with our lives and all of this. Instead of going out and kind of just exploring life, living it, and we'll find the stuff that we really like. You know, you experiment, you're like, that. I didn't like that. I just fell off or I don't know what happened there, but I didn't like it. I'll go over here. Babies just like chug around and they start doing stuff that they like. Like, so, so my nephew loves hoovering all over the house for some reason. He'll spend all day doing that. He'll cry <laughs> if he can't have his hoover, right? But he knows he just loves that. It's functional. Is it a good like thing? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because in the paleo community, so being in the 21 convention, I meet and I interview all the paleo guys and like, the Paleo FX, which is the biggest paleo convention in the world in Austin. And I interviewed a bunch of people there and all that sort of stuff. One thing that's interesting about paleo is that right now there's all this search for purpose in it. And there's a divide with people. Because if you actually look at the indigenous people that are still around today and you study what they do with their life and you ask them what's health, this was asked to some of them, but not all of them. And the, you know, but there are tons and tons of studies done on what nomadic cultures do today. And they're all very, very different. But what do they do? They walk very little. They don't exercise a lot. I mean, they walk like what, two miles or something a day. They sit around and talk. They don't play. Like one big thing in paleo is that it's like always be playing, like work your ambition. And some of the bigger paleo guys really, you know, it's like this is what you were born to do. But in reality, almost no groups that are hunter and gather based do this now. And then if you would ask those groups, what is health? They're like, well, I'm not dead. You know, I'm not dying. Like, what do you mean? But here in our society, we're obsessed with this idea. But the interesting thing is, is when you move into purpose, what's purpose? What's meaning? Well, it's to do this. Well, obviously they, they might have something to do with their gods or their religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs that they have. But there isn't a loss for meaning and there isn't a loss for personal identity. The interesting thing about this is, is then if you merge some of these like paleo anthropology guys that are looking in terms of like health and fitness into people that looked at sex or social behavior in terms of anthropology, like you could look at some legit guys like Jared Diamond. I interviewed him like a long time ago, but there aren't certain beliefs and thoughts that human beings naturally have when we have different cultures. Okay. So the ideas of anxiety, fear, loss of meaning, lack of identity, addiction, all these sorts of things are non-existent in smaller societies. And so what you could say is that in larger societies where there's a lot of stimuli, where there's a certain density of population, that this would be our natural reaction. 
but it's, it's not the way we evolved to live. For millions of years, we did not think this way. We didn't even experience or have a bleep on the map of any of these problems, but now we do. And so this idea of purpose, and man, there's a lot of stuff on it. Like if you look at, um, well, people bring up Wilhelm Reich, who's a very crazy, was a very crazy person, but did a lot of research on sex in the brain. But he had uh, some people like Anthony DeMio wrote a book called Saharasia, where they talk about the first signs of slavery, sexual dysfunction, sexual abuse, jails and stuff like that. They came out of Egypt and they came out of a certain society that had a certain density. And then if you look at Richard Dawkins stuff, with everybody brings up the selfish gene and all this shit when they talk about pickup. But I had read that before I was involved in pickup. And the cool thing about that, or if you look at the stuff that he's saying, is that these thought viruses, they've happened over and over again in our society or in different societies, in different cultures, but only when we got to a certain population density and only when we started living without our means. And that was the important thing. As soon as a culture doesn't have enough of what we need and what we're born to have as human beings, food, water, uh, empathy, connection, our emotional food, if that is starved, we start acting out of scarcity. And the typical acts of scarcity would be like anxiety, anger, frustration, all this sort of shit. And then societally, that turns into jails, that turns into control, that turns into barriers, walls, that turns into all this stuff. And now we have these people saying like, oh, well, in order to find your purpose, you need to write down this list of da, 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 da. In order to find your purpose, you need to get to, into the functionality of truly what it was to be born to be human, which is so different from how we actually live right now, which means probably we need to take a little bit more time. We don't need to meditate and do 40 million things, or maybe that's your way to get there. I mean, we definitely, we live in a dysfunction, but you need to take time to yourself. You need to slow down. You need to not think it's about doing 10 million things. You need to relax and, and calm who you are. Sexual expression is an expression that, that these amazing things happen, like your neurons fire, your empathy goes up, all this sort of shit happens. We'll get into that. Don't get into fucking a bunch of... Yeah, yeah. I think what you're saying is like most of us don't even give time for that, even when we're having sex, which is something we all look forward to. We don't give it time because we're thinking about the goal. Or maybe you're thinking about the performance, right? I, I got to make the girl orgasm. I think guys have just like so many things they're never stopping. And it's also just the habit. Yeah. We're in this habit, as you say, of being in a society where we're connected by internet and we're watching TV and we've got this stimulation all the time and we're not spending time alone. Have you spent a lot more time on your own over the years? And Yeah, I always kind of did. How would you put this into practical terms? A take home for guys, like say they, they buy into the, the fact that we need to <laughs> take a break a little bit and, and connect with ourselves. And this is going to make us stronger. It's going to kind of make us feel better about ourselves. It's going to give us a clearer vision of who we are. And we're going to have stronger intent and all of these good things that are going to help to attract women, make our lives better, make us more satisfied. What are the kind of practical first steps they could take? Well, if you put into that social realm of like meeting more women, man, number one, there's something that we call the TSL dailies. And that's, that's five things. And I don't do them every day. I try and do them when I can or whatever. And we're a very loose system. We, there's no real dogma with us. But we have these things that we try and do. And number one is we try and meditate. We try and take some time to ourselves. That doesn't mean you, you could do it like a Zen monk, but it could mean just taking a walk. I take walks all the time. And that just calms me down and all that sort of stuff. I also talk with people or whatever. Anything that is an expression 
of who I am and that I can have a true clarity of mind, I would consider a meditation. The next one is, is to give. Again, if we were to be in our natural state, we wouldn't call this thing giving or meditation. We wouldn't have titles for it. But how can we do something personal for someone every day? And it isn't that we give a hundred bucks. It's that we open a door for somebody or we do something personal that's more face to face where we just share something without expectation to somebody else. That's something that's, that's very important. The next thing is, is to be social. And this is hugely a fundamental thing with TSL is to say hello to five people a day. Say hi. Don't expect anything in return. Get functionally social. If you can get, man, I'll tell you this, when it comes to social dynamics and sexual dynamics, if you can get functionally social and talk to people, man, there's so much we can do to add on to that, to just add little, little things to make it have big leverage. And so if we can just say hi to people, it doesn't matter if it's weird or if they don't know what to say back or any of these things, or you don't know what you're going to say afterwards, or you get this awkward silence, get more in touch with that. And if you can't do that, if you have major social anxiety, man, smile at people or get out of the house. If you can't get out of the house, try and do a thumbs up to somebody and see if they give a thumbs up back You know, try and give a smile and see if they smile back, these types of things, but be basically social in a very, very human way. We're walking by hundreds of people every day and we're not acknowledging them. And that's fucking weird. We were not born to do that. That's a reaction to overstimuli. It's really different. I find it's really different by place. I don't know what it's like in Austin. I find people are really friendly in some places like Los Angeles or Latin America, Spain. And then other places they're not. Yeah, you go to, you go to Eastern Europe and you say hi to people and they're like, why the fuck? Are you <laughs> yeah, <doing?"> like, <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, like, how can you make that work? How could you make, it's just five people, but how could you make that work? So walking around on the street, if you're in Bratislava or something, it's going to be weird, right? People are going to be like, why the fuck are you talking to me? But maybe you go into a cafe and you say, hey, how's it going? Yeah, even if it's the, the what they call them, the barista, if it really is a place like that where it's a little bit more uh, conservative or whatever you want to call it, you can always talk to the people who are serving you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, man, I'm a big fan of that. Like, don't make it about like, oh, they're just being nice to me because they're getting paid. No, a human connection is a human connection. If you can get that, if you can get that, I'm telling you, we can take it and put it into so many just different cool variables. You can add something onto it immediately. But if you're making it about getting something, it's actually going to be harder to get you into the functionality of true empathy or true seduction. So kind of a weird thing, like people are like, I want the results immediately, but get normal with that social function. The fourth thing is, is to be sexual. So everybody's like, what the fuck is that? Well, you know, and I know that we can be sexually active but not be sexual. So I could be having sex all the time, but not really feeling like I'm sexual. So what we say is get in touch with your intent and your urge. What does that mean? How do I say that I like this chick or it's okay to look at her tits or it's okay to look at her legs or want to smell her pussy or fucking see her orgasm face or show her your hard dick. But how could I express that in a way that's socially acceptable? And so a real simple thing is, is if I see somebody that's attractive, like every once in a while I'll go somewhere and I'll just be like, oh my God, that fucking A. All I can think about is putting my fucking cum in that girl. Like it's, it's just like that overwhelming, right? It's like, well, how can I get closer? How can I smile? How can I hold that eye contact? How can I maybe ask her something personal about herself so I can truly see if she's qualified? Like, hey, well, hey, this is a random question, but are you somebody that you live your passions. Like, do you know what that is? And I can find out what, what she really does and likes 
and I could get more in touch with that liking of her. It doesn't mean I need to sleep with her. It doesn't mean that I need to go on a date with her or whatever. Maybe that might be your motive, but it's just me putting my intent out there. Or maybe she speaks in a physical language and gets a little bit closer herself and I get a little bit closer. We don't even need to say anything, but it's projecting my intent. I need to know my sex as a man. Like when I was talking about the TSL life stuff, when we talked about sex, what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to have your sexual biology? I'm guessing one of the first steps is not to deny yourself in these things. Because a lot of guys, I think they're, they're conservative and say they're sitting opposite a girl and they start having these thoughts, like she's really attractive, right? They'll start feeling embarrassed, ashamed of it and so on. So the first step is probably just to eliminate that. Yeah, that's the worst thing you can do. Actually, I was talking about this because any interview I do, I basically say like, I'm going to give away, you know, some free thing. I had a page made up for you already. And I'll add that to it. I'll add the TSL dailies to it, which is a, a actually a part of TSL online. So they can actually look at them. There's actually a fifth one, which is gratitude, but read about it in the PDF. It's all good stuff. And it's, it's well supported by science as well. I mean, you'll see this stuff in some of the good health stuff that's coming out as well. It's good for life in general. Seriously. Right. Yeah. Gratitude and giving are like yeah. huge with just happiness. Well, I'm glad you brought them back to this realm, dating, sex and relationships, because often guys don't get how this other stuff can help them in this area so they kind of ignore it because they're focused on the dating thing right now right yeah yeah but this stuff helps okay cool a few lightning questions i just want to like one interesting what advice do you give out a lot to men that you feel is ignored the most and it really annoys you because it's like a real big shame something that you feel is really important you tell a lot of men but you feel like it's ignored a lot yeah, there's a couple things, but one of them would be just to say hello to people. I mean, I am a guy who's been teaching for 10 years. I taught nonstop. And I'm, I also know almost every coach out there. I've interviewed them. And I mean, like I have a lot of experience. I know who's the who and all the sort of what the what. And I'm a very good teacher. When I'm telling you say hello to five people a day and where every single person who's gone through TSL and has achieved a high level, right? And a high skill set, no matter what it is, if they're 60 and just want to date girls or if they're 45 and want to date a bunch of 20 year olds or they just want somebody who wants peace in their life, whatever their skill set they've achieved, they will all say it comes down to saying hello to five people a day. Why? Because it's normal. Get normal. If you say whatever, and here's the weird thing about with pickup is that they'll say, oh, well, so-and-so does this and they get these results. Man, I've lived that. And so many other people in my groups have lived that. Just don't make the same mistakes we made. Don't get lost with your, your sexuality. Like if you're going up to people and you're going crazy on the street and getting some attention. That's cool. You can do that. Right. So you're talking about what we used to call flash game. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And people used to do in the actual boot camp. So the dating instructor would do some flash game, which basically gets people around you emotional and jumping up and down and stuff like that. And then the newbie, the guy goes, oh, wow, this is amazing. I've never seen anything like this anymore in my life, but it's not normal. And it's not, it's not actually that helpful all the time. Yeah. 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 And then um, another thing that I would say, is, uh, you know, to get sexual. And so what does that mean? Like so many guys are out of touch with their sexuality. What does it mean to have your dick? What does it mean to have your sexual urge? What does it mean to want the girls in front of you and learn how to express that? Now that'll take some time because there's so many different expressions. There's verbal, there's body language, there's with your face and eye contact and tonality. But if you can just get to know like, no, I like these chicks. Yeah, I don't care if my friends do or don't or whatever, but get into that urge. If you can really, really discover 
why you have a cock and balls and why women love it, why women are afraid of it, why feminists get all out of whack about it. You know, where's that fear coming from? And when you start experiencing things, you'll realize that every woman loves dick, loves to be fucked, loves to get your fucking come out, loves to make her pussy be owned by your dick. She loves to say that, you know, any girl that, but you know, she won't say that in her social state. She won't say that in her social mind. She won't say that when she doesn't know you. But if you can get into what it means to be a man that is sexual and then learn how to communicate that to people, which is, it's simple. It's like, how can I ask a question about that? That's socially acceptable. That can get deeper to find out more about them that can move into eliciting qualities of her to see if you like it. These are all simple things that can be taught. But if you are afraid of your sexuality, there'll be a mask. There'll be someone else's words. They won't be yours. And you'll, you'll remain confused. Well, maybe getting results or maybe not getting results. So the, those forms of being social and being sexual are probably like the biggest starting places that nobody ever wants to start at. Always like to ram these points home. It's really the same stuff said over and over again, but I know like you do that. It kind of goes over people's heads and they're like, that's not cool enough or whatever. <laughs> okay. I was just wondering, like, what are the biggest objections? Because you've got your own take and, you know, it's quite an individual approach to this whole subject. What kind of objections and the biggest ones you get from people and they're like, nah, that's, that's bullshit or that's not the right way. You should go the other way. Uh, in terms of what? In terms of dating? Yeah, this approach to dating, improving your dating, sex and relationships life, right? Right, right. So the biggest objections people get is they want what works as quick as possible, which is fine. I mean, I would actually tell you that if somebody, so we have workshops and all that sort of stuff, like every company out there and we do them different and, and we try and go for a long-term thing, but any workshop out there, TSL online has been around for five and a half years and it's outperformed any workshop. And the reason why is, is because it's three months right? Three months and we work together in a big way. Uh, do you call that a residential? No, is no, because a, it's, it's done online. It's done virtually. The reason why that happens, and we've tested it, I've tested it four times with my own groups. And then we just know from other companies. But um, you know, if you're taking a 10-day workshop or a five-day workshop, or you're reading the fucking hack on how to get like whatever Tinder lay stuff, that might get you a result. And that'll get you like two or three things. Even on a 10-day workshop, you're going to learn like two, three things that are very pivotal in your life, but it's, there's only so much you can take in during that time. So the thing is, is that I always say, if you want something, what works, I'll tell you what works is something that's a little bit more long-term. If you don't have time for long-term stuff, that's fine. Go do something else or whatever, or do something that's a little bit more on your time frame. But if you're really saying you want to commit to being better with women and have a good sex life and social life that is yours, man, just realize that it's not going to be anything immediate. And it's probably not going to be something that you're being sold because you're being sold on a pain point or you're being sold on a deficit of what you don't have. Right. If it's conjuring up fear in you. Yeah. 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 That's one of the big objections that I get. Yeah. Cool. That's a great point And absolutely agree with it. It's working over time. Like both of us did, right? Oh, absolutely. And didn't happen in a day. Okay, cool. Uh, so who besides yourself would you recommend for high quality advice in this area? Uh, yeah, there, so there's a couple people. So I know a lot of dating coaches and there's on a personal level, there's always something missing from them. But man, two guys that I always talk about that I really like and that I've worked with a lot. I know, well, first off, I'll go with Zan. So Zan and I have a lot of crossover clients. And so there's a lot of people who, it's funny because this guy called in and wanted to know more about TSL and he was like, 
with the Amirati, the certain philosophy and the, the real good match point for Zan's stuff and my stuff is that it says the same thing, but again, we come with a direct application and kind of that social dynamics feel where they're heavy, heavy on the philosophy. Whereas we kind of have both. I'm not diminishing anything from his stuff. I'll tell you this, all of Zan's coaches that I've met and hung out with, they've stayed at my house or have spent a lot of time with them. They're the greatest dudes. You know, they're just great, great guys. And for a singular kind of expression, the Ars Amirati crowd to produce that so consistently, that says something about them. I mean, it's, they're just great guys. And then the next guy would be Eric Hypnotica, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, just super good guy. One of the few guys in 2009 is when I met him. He was one of the few guys that I could actually talk to about sex and what it did to you and how it fucked with you internally and how maybe it could be better. And like, it was like, Hey man, I'm fucking all these people and it isn't good. And he's like, look, it is good. It's just the you part that's bad. Like, and he, what he told me, he was like, get in touch with your sex, get in touch with what it means. Like a lot of the stuff that I'm saying. And so that guy is a great guy, walks the walk through and through with all of his life. Mari, my, my wife, uh, we're friends with him and his wife, and we've spent time at his place and what he actually lives and what he teaches is it's just him. You know, there's no difference. Great guy. So those two guys I recommend highly. Great. Yeah. We've had them both on the show and I know Eric too. Great guy. Well, so you said you had uh, some download with the, those things. Yeah. So guys, if you've been listening to this whole thing and being like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Basically what we want to do is give you an opportunity to really get to know what TSL is about. So if you go to the sexuallife.com slash dating skills, you're basically taken to a page where you put in your email address and you get one of those fancy pages where it's like, learn everything. But what we had for you is, I'll tell you exactly what it is. You're going to download a PDF, you put in your email address and all that fun stuff. And we're not a big spamming company or anything like that. And you're going to download something called the uh, Seducing the Female Mind. And this is actually very cool. This came from interviews with women of what they say about sex. Like, I love dick. I love to make it come. Or on a date, when I know I like a guy, here's what happens when my pussy gets wet. And then how we can put it into ways of saying that to women so it'll connect to them. So it's like you can talk to a girl and just say, hey, I'm not trying to be like disrespectful, but do you get turned on in like a different way than other girls? And then they can say yes or no to that. And if they say yes, you can go like, man, it's so funny because how a woman gets turned on, it's just a way to get curious and conversational about those hardcore topics. Like how does your pussy get wet? How is your pussy juice different than other women? Like, how do you like dick and all that sort of stuff? But I'll also include the other download of the TSL five dailies. And that'll kind of break down what we do internally that's giving a little bit of a social dynamic for that's highly geared at a female perspective and sex. Thanks, man. Okay, last question. And then you are free to go. Thanks so much for your time, man. Really appreciate it. Oh, no problem, man. We ask this of everyone. What would be your top three recommendations for someone starting from real zero, right? And he just wants to, like, like we were saying earlier, he wants to manage your He wants to get good as fast as possible. What would be your shortcut method, like the three top things you should focus on if he wants to move this along? So number one, I'm going to say, hey, sign up for TSL online. But if you can't do that, so check this out. Look, The Sexual Life is a company. We pump out a lot of free content. We actually just gave away a free course that was uh, $100. It's a two-week, nine-hour-long video course that basically teaches you everything. That is, I think, like a really, really 
awesome way to get started. But man, you want to know what's going to change you? What's going to change you are results and experience. If you want results with women, get sexual. Get sexual is easy and as quickly as possible. You know, man, that is so fucking important. So how the fuck do I do that? Go out and talk to women. Go out and learn how to touch women. Go out and learn how to, to get them close to you. Feel what it's like when their tits are pressed up against you, when their fucking pussies warm up and they're, they're next to your body. Like, know what it's like to look into a woman's eyes and feel that. That, to me, is so fundamentally important, like to get sexual. And you can get there quick. Now, if you're somebody that has major social anxiety and you haven't talked to any women, it's going to take you some time, man. It's going to take you a couple months to be able to get dates and stuff like that. But if you're a guy that, and, and you should do that, man, that's awesome. Just, just think about that. If you get past that hump for three months or two months to where you can start dating people, after that, the doors are open. Because if you're that guy that, like a lot of clients of mine, that come to me and they, they get some dates, or they talk to women or they've been involved in pickup and they can't, they just can't like make it work or there's no consistency to it or something's off or something's wrong or they don't feel good about it. If you're there and you can talk to people, man, in a couple weeks, you could have a life that is a sexual life. It depends on how much time you have to put into it. But if you have two, three days a week and you're dating in whatever venue, man, it is an awesome experience. If you can get sexual and start hooking up and feeling women and feeling your intent and feeling your balls and your dick and all that sort of stuff and knowing what that means, you have your whole world open up in front of you. That's why we call it the sexual life. Because once you do that, the rest of your life comes into play. There's very few things in this world that are easy to access that are of our natural state and sex is one of them. And you could get that today. Thanks so much, Steve. Take control of your dating life today. Take one idea or one insight from today's episode and apply it today. Don't wait, do it today. That's all it takes to change your life, step-by-step, episode-by-episode. Learn more about what I, Angel Donovan, and my team do at DatingSkillsReview.com. How we help men like you take control of their dating lives.